Welcome to Uphill Conversations, your ride-along partners for your emerging future. Everything in life worth having is uphill. You can't go uphill with downhill habits. It's time for another show. Are you ready to be inspired? Well, hello, everyone out there. Welcome to another episode of Uphill Conversations. I'm your host, Tim, and I'm so glad you can join me today as you are living your life and heading toward your emerging future. Hopefully you are eliminating any downhill habits and canceling out all agreements with limiting beliefs. And yes, it is true. You can be more, do more, and have more. So welcome to episode number 92. I have a great guest for you today. I'm looking forward to telling you more about the guest. Um, And also, I just want to say thank you um, once again for the continued support. The downloads have been, once again, phenomenal. And um, getting new subscribers, uh, new people joining in to the conversation or listening uh, to the conversations and getting some fuel for their journey as they're heading toward their emerging future. Um, Also, remember, I shared um, in the episode prior to this one, 91, that, um, you know, I'm getting into some Instagram and my personal Instagram is Pecoraro Tim. Real easy to find. The show um, is at Uphill Convo. Just uh, Uphill and then C-O-N-V-O. And then the business, the work that I do every day in my coaching, working with teams and individuals, one-to-one group coaching, helping companies develop their teams, their leadership, and their organizational health as a competitive advantage. And it always starts with the individual. So I really drill into how you build the person to build everything else. Um, But that on uh, Instagram is just uphill strategies. Very simple. So I'll be doing some giveaways coming up, as I said, and I'm getting ready to start my wave of them. And I'll be doing most of it through Instagram. So Go ahead and jump on and follow because I would love to send you incredible books uh, from some of the amazing authors that write some um, life-changing material that will help you. This is shelf life stuff. It's not just uh, passing through with some, you know, just new information, but um, it will be new when you engage it, but it's stuff that um, I believe cuts to the core. It's very has a lot of principles um, and things that you can regularly use and turn to um, as you move forward. Um, also, if you'd like to connect with me directly, you can do that at Tim at UphillConversations.co. You can go to the website, UphillConversations.co. And if you would like to be a guest, you can click on uh, be a guest on the show or and there's a form. And if you know some, or if you know someone else that would like to be on the show or you think would be a great contributor, um, please go ahead and fill that out for them. Um, I'll take a look at it. And then from there, I'll reach out to you and see how we can get this going and do all the follow up stuff so we can get something scheduled. But if you know that you have great story um, that, you know, about life and how you've done life and how you've, how you've grown and improved in personally and professionally and, and ways that you can help others um, gather information and gain information for their own improvement and their experience in life. That's what I look for. Um, I don't like to get on the show and just, you know, talk about five steps to something. I mean, I know there are sometimes five steps and five things you can do, and that's helpful, but I just look for a lot of just genuine, open, transparent communication, uh, some how-to uh, but mostly just the the way that people can hear something, identify with it, and take some of that information and apply it to their journey. And uh, that's the best way I like to see it happen. On the website, also, you'll find social channels, ways to connect, the podcasts. And also, don't forget, on Mondays, I do a thing uh, called TGIM. Thank God it's Monday. I do a little inspirational piece for something for you to think about for the week You can go to YouTube, real easy to find. In the search bar, uh, just type in Uphill Strategies. You'll see the the link there. Click on it or the feed. And um, it's under the channel TGIM. And um, so there's like 11 or 12 of them up there right now. I just started it. It's new. But I just want to do more of some good stuff 
to uh, share with others that they can take and move on with in their life. So today's guest, um, Jordan Duvall. Um, Jordan is a soul brand strategist. I think that's kind of cool because I love soul music. Uh, success coach, photographer, and award-winning art, art director with an obsession for personal development. She blends the spiritual and practical to help coaches, creatives, and healers align their mission, message, and visual architecture so they can elevate their brand, expand their influence, and build a brand that matters. She got her start as one of three founding members of the Ant Farm print department and went on to work with such private clients as Ben Stiller and Eddie Murphy. Uh, she served as an art director for BLT Communications, Universal Pictures, Avatar Labs, and NBC Entertainment, developing unique and award-winning campaigns, and won the Promax BDA Awards for her work on both The Blacklist and Aquarius. So her combined uh, knowledge of marketing, branding, and social media, uh, she uses that, um, and she did use that to launch her own brand to help coaches and the creatives um, and, and the healers do their thing and do it well. So she's big into return on investment, mostly starting with um, who you are, how you show up. And um, she's just uh, one of those people that would encourage you not to be afraid to fail because the road to success is paved with it, paved with failure. So without any further delay, let's jump into this great conversation that I had with the one and only Jordan Duvall. Hey, welcome to the show, Jordan. So glad you can be here uh, with me today as a guest. Uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about what's going on in your world? Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for having me, Timothy. I'm really honored to be here and share and conversate with you. Uh, what's going on in my world? Well, uh, you know, I'm busy working on a bunch of stuff. <laughs> always, you know, I feel like I'm always updating my website and um, I'm in the process of, uh, you know, adding some things into my group program, which is really exciting. I've noticed that like a lot of my clients are asking me about my Instagram because I've managed to grow it to over 14,000 uh, in the last year. So I'm going to start implementing some of those tips and tricks into the program. And, you know, it's just really exciting to see, you know, it's like you live in your own world, you create your system, and then you share it with people and you're like, I mean, it worked for me. I hope it works for you. And then when you see that it really does work for them and you watch that confidence build and you know, watch the shifts happen. And it's just really exciting to see and be like, wow, I'm so excited that like I was able to share this with you and it's really propelled you so far in your life. That's awesome. You know, I just started because I was just one of those, I'm like a non-social media person, not like I hate it. I'm so analog, yeah. I'm like an analog digital guy. Like, um, like I have a, a, a huge 2000 square foot studio. I love creating digital music, but I also love the old analog stuff. And, um, it's just a, something I've done ever since I was a kid. I used to get in trouble for taking apart like hi-fi equipment <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> without permission just to figure out how it worked. <laughs> and lots of things never were able to be repaired. Uh, <laughs> Your mom's like, Tenet, yeah, Tenet. yeah, I was like in a lot of trouble, but, but I'm, I'm actually, you know, diving into some Instagram and building a little bit, you know, on that. And, um, mostly I do a lot through, you know, I love Voxer and things like that. I chat with my clients that I work with. And, but I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna start using Instagram because I've, I've got a whole slew of books for some people that I've had as guests that I'm going to be giving away. And I love that. I just use it more as not a meism platform. It's all, it's all about, you know, how can I, you know, speak, you know, in, with inspiration, speak to the aspirations of others and their pursuit for growth and so forth. So that's really cool. I'll be watching to see what tips and things that you put out there on Instagram, um, to grow that because it is a great, you know, I have a wonderful audience and lots of subscribers to the podcast, but, uh, you know, now I'm just doing more of the, Hey world, you know, I'm using Instagram. So, um, I need grace plus grace and multiply that by 10. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, exactly. You know, so that's cool that you're doing that. And I think it's a, it's a platform that I'm starting to like and appreciate. I know there's a lot of, you know, it's kind of like, eating fish, take the bones out, but there's a lot of great stuff out there. And, um, and I love just the simplicity of it. So it's pretty cool. 
Yeah, it's exciting. And I feel like, I mean, I love Facebook too, but I feel like there's more gateways to your people in Facebook. And with Instagram, if you use it right, you can actually just directly reach your people versus, you know, have to like lean into paid advertising or, you know, post a bazillion times a day. So I like, it works for me. And, uh, you know, it's really exciting to be able to like figure out what the system is that I've used and be like, Oh, okay, well, how do I like distill down, you know, the five or 10 steps or whatever, and then be able to guide my clients, uh, through that process so they can duplicate it for themselves if they put the work in. That's incredible. And that's, and I love it. It's forward thinking and it's purposeful thinking. It's not just, Hey, what new thing can I do to get people to kind of go, Hey, she's got it. She's got the answers. Let me go ahead and grab it. You you just seem a lot more intentional and you help people with the application of it, you know, for the specific uh, purpose or need that they have, or it's a way to introduce them into it. I, I know by showing them that tool in that way of thinking, it helps them to open up a lot more of their creative intelligence to do something, uh, you know, a lot that's going to be a lot more robust and richer and, um, in what it is that they're delivering and what they're doing. Yeah. And, you know, social media is good and bad, like everything, you know, you have to have good boundaries, which I can definitely get better at. (laughs) But, um, you know, I remember back in the day where it's like, you'd come home from work and you would watch TV or read a book and like go to sleep. And that was that. And now it's like, Oh, I got to like scroll through my feed. I got to check in on my group. I got to do this. And you know, then you're like, look on a, you know, Instagram photo and they're like, well, that's really pretty. Oh, I clicked on that hashtag. And now we're here. You're like, Oh my God, how did 15 minutes just go by? Or longer? (laughs) And where am I? Somebody lead me out of this labyrinth. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Help me. Throw me a rope, please. Well, you know, let's jump into this because one of the things, and I love just the way I love your soul brand strategist, you know, I'm I love soul music. I'm, um, I'm a musician. Um, so I play a lot. I've recorded a lot over the years. Um, in a lot of my studio, the reason I built it is because I give people that have talent an opportunity that maybe they don't have the budget. And um, so I open it up, bring in some great musicians around them, help them with their songwriting, whatever, because I love investing in people. Um, it's just not a, you know, it's nothing I'm trying to turn into any kind of primary source of income or any actual major income in my life. But I love that soul brand, you know, and soul is that deeper part, you know, of who we are and in letting your soul shine, you know, and come out. But I can't help getting past this. And I know it's so elementary. Um, and that's why your website exists. But I love the way you open up to learn more about you and how you start right off with sitting in the hospital bed crying. I had to take a serious look at myself in my life. I knew I'd created this mess, but how? And you really start taking people through this these stages. Now, I'm a very super curiosity person. So, um, I love the, I started getting healthy physically. So in other words, you know, you, you went into after my, you know, having my daughter, I set out to change. I didn't know the how, but I knew that I couldn't live like this anymore. And then you went into this, I started getting healthy physically. I became obsessed. And I love that word obsessed with personal growth. I want people to fall in love and be obsessed. Like they think about it constantly. How am I growing? How am I improving? What am I doing to make things different? And then you begin to change your mindset and then started getting aligned emotionally, which that one is huge. What I would like to do is kind of, can you tell us this hospital bed story? And yes. <laughs> and just with, you know, the, uh, you don't have to recry. Don't cry again. But oh, no, I, I think I, I mean, I've I've gone through a lot of healing, so I should be good. <laughs> but just, you know, what is this? What is this story that got you to make such bold statements? Yeah, well, it's funny because, you know, it's, I feel like whenever we're starting out as an entrepreneur, we don't really know how, like, maybe we don't even know what our story is, and then we don't know how to share it. And then when we kind of know what it is, then we just kind of like verbally barf all over people. And they're like, oh, my God, I don't know what you just said. It was really a lot of information. I don't know what to grasp on. So I kept like figuring out like, where do you, where's the entry point? Like, cause you know, I, I have a background in entertainment and storytelling and, you know, been around movies and all of that my whole life. So I'm like, you gotta like have that hook. Right. So I was like, well, what's the hook? And I was like, well, that's, that was really the, the turning point for me. And that's like where I should enter into the story. And then I can kind of backtrack as to what that was. But then, 
kind of laid the scene to, like you said, to create that intrigue. So that was, that uh, technique was definitely like a studied intentional thing that I picked up through like obsessively studying a bazillion things that I do in my quote unquote free time. Um, but anyway, the, the story behind it is, uh, you know, back it up, I guess six or so months prior to that, or even like a few years prior to that, you know, we'd been, my husband had gone through this challenging time with his partners and they had kind of dissected their or divorced their relationship. And so because of that, he ended up losing his company and losing his income. And, you know, at the time I was, you know, working as a photographer, I was doing freelance art direction and stuff like that. So I didn't really have anything steady. And I was kind of figuring out what that looked like for me. And then, you know, he, he was like the main breadwinner and really the security. And then that was gone. And so, you know, it reached this point where it was like, uh, you know, this is not working. It's not like we need to really create a more steady income. And, you know, I have to basically say goodbye to this and close this chapter of my life. And I got a call from an agency that needed some seasonal work. And I was like, okay. And, and now I, now I'm much more in tune. And I know that it was like a guided event. I thought it was like, Oh, what a crazy coincidence. Like so amazing. I got this call. I'm much more like aware of what's going on now. Right. So, um, so I went in and, you know, I worked with this company for, I don't know, about two and a half years and it was awesome. It's one of the top entertainment advertising firms. I learned so much. I worked with so many talented people and it just, it grew me and challenged me in a lot of like amazing and really hard ways as well. Uh, and so through, you know, through that process, you know, we were basically living off of my income, which was not enough to support our life in Los Angeles. Um, and so we had to default on our house and, you know, we were working on, well, I guess, I don't know what the like exact technical financial terms were, but we had to, um, modify the loan. And so I guess in order to trigger that you have to default. So we were, you know, working on this process and, you know, it was really a stressful time. Like literally we reached a place where every Sunday we would sit down the two of us and be like, okay, how much money do we have? What's, what bills are due? Like we can't, like we literally shaved anything and everything that you could possibly imagine out of our budget. Like the only like fun thing that we had was Netflix and like healthy food. And that was it. <laughs> like it was like, there's no clothes, no manicure pedicures, like nothing. And it was like every week it was just so stressful around money. It was like, are we going to overdraw the account? And that was like, I had so much stress around money from my youth that I, like now I'm, I've kind of unraveled a lot of this stuff. And so that was just sort of normal for me. And then, you know, we kind of put off having, um, you know, starting a family because a lot of the stuff that we were going through, and then it finally reached the place where I was really, you know, like time, the clock, the ticket, like, let's, let's do this or not. So we ended up getting pregnant and a couple months after, you know, I, like when it was, you know, the positive on the stick or whatever, um, like went to the doctor, got the notification that yes, you are pregnant. And then literally the next day I got called in, um, and let go. And so, you know, my husband wasn't really earning a lot of income. We were living off my income. Now I'm pregnant and no job. <laughs> and I was like, uh, this is very far from the quote unquote, like dream picture I had of wow. what like parenthood and family was going to be. And I just, I mean, I kind of just went into shock for months, but, you know, and then it was a couple months later, we were working on, you know, some sort of loophole to save our house and it didn't work. And some guy showed up at our house at like 9am knocking on the door and he was like, we opened the door and he's like, Hey, I'm the new owner of your house. And we're like, uh, what? what? <laughs> like, oh my God. I'm sorry. Like I'm like four months pregnant. That's not part of the plan. I don't think so. And a little bit prior to this, you know, I was thinking about, okay, you know, this baby's got to come out. Like I've kind of avoided this whole birth thing because it sounds terrifying and very painful. And now it's like, it's inevitable. So I got to like wrap my brain around it. And so I did a lot of study and really internal, um, you know, deep diving with me of like, what do I want to do? And, you know, having a drug-free home birth felt good to me. So that was like a decision that I made kind of in this chaos. Cause it also felt like something that I could, was really the only thing that I could kind of control. I mean, yes, birth is sort of, it's not something you can control, yeah. but just within the environment that I wanted to create for myself. 
And, you know, then this guy is like, I'm the owner of the house. So then we ended up losing our house. And, you know, we had to move in this process, which was like moving in general stressful and moving when you're pregnant is horrifying. And then moving um, when you were told that you have no choice, but uh, which no one checked in with you, obviously, to tell you. Yeah, exactly. We like talked to our broker later and she's like, oops, they changed the rules on the loophole. And we're like, uh, that might be cool for you, but like you basically just totally like dropped the ball and destroyed our life, but no big deal. Whatever. Forgiveness. (laughs) Yes. Chant forgiveness. So we, um, and then, you know, through this process, I told my parents about my birth plan and, you know, they kind of pitched themselves as these, as these liberal hippies. So I thought that they would be like, Oh my God, goddess birth. Amazing. Like we love it. Um, not that at all. They were not (laughs) happy about it. Like super conservative, like go by the books, be in the, you know, be in the hospital. And so there was a lot of like family strife there. So here I was really the darkest moment of my life. And, you know, I, my family had always, always supported me, you know, every family has their stuff. Right. But as a general rule, they'd always supported me. And here it was like, kind of, they pulled the rug of support out from under me. And so that was like another level of challenge. And then my grandma ended up passing away, you know, within all of this. And then we, I think I was 30, 33 weeks pregnant and it was my shower and I went to my shower and I didn't realize it at the time, but my water broke. And I, I thought I just, I I was like, it, it wasn't leaking enough to be that alarming, but it, it was just like, something's up. Right. And I went to the doctor to my primary doctor. And she was like, Oh, will you have your ultrasound, uh, you know, the next day. So they'll check you out. So I went in the next day and with my husband and, you know, I left my car at work and I go in and, you know, the other times we're in the appointment, they're like chatty and da, 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 da. And there's like high energy and it's like very quiet. And I was just like, no, I wasn't as, I was not nearly as in tune with like the energy around me and other people as I was, I mean, I was always intuitive, but now I'm like hyper intuitive because I've studied it and tapped into it. Right. And the doctor came in and was like super quiet. And he was like, Oh, you know, have you had any like leaking or anything? And I was like, yeah, you know, I did. And he's like, okay, well, so your water broke and, um, the baby's okay, (laughs) but you're leaving here, going straight to the hospital and you're not leaving without a baby. And I was like, "Uh huh? (laughs) I'm like, my car is at work. Like we're looking at preschools in a few days. This is definitely not in the calendar. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) This is off plan. Like, no. And I turned to my husband. I was like, I have no idea what's happening right now. I am totally in shock. You like, you have to take care of me. I cannot, like I've held it together. Now I'm done. Like I can't game over. Like I need to be taken care of now. So he drove me to the hospital and dropped me off. And it was like through this whole period of my life, basically unraveling, Um, you know, I, I was surrounded by people all the time, like keeping it together at work when I was working, keeping it together, you know, when I was freelancing, keeping it together in front of my family. And then, you know, I'm alone in this hospital room and it was just like, what, like WTF, what just happened? Like literally every single element of my life just fell apart. 1000%. I know, like, I'm an artist, like, I understand the creative process. (laughs) Like, I'm the artist of this disaster. And what did I do to get here? And I really had no idea how deep the rabbit hole went. And that really, like I said, in my website copy, that really started the process of figuring it out. And like, I had no idea what the end looked like. I knew kind of what it felt like. But I was just like, I I have to just change everything, (laughs) like, from top to bottom, up and down put my head down, like stop being so stubborn, just clearly I have no idea what I'm doing and just learn from everyone. And so I ended up partnering with a network marketing company and, you know, became a health and fitness coach for a long time. And that's really where I started to, you know, mend my relationship with food and my body. And, um, you know, cause as a woman in LA, there's like so many effed up body image issues. And, you know, it was like, I'd hang out with these girls and we'd be like, yeah, so like, I'm not going to eat that. Or like, I'm too fat. Or, you know, I'm going to buy this clothes or, you know, I'm doing this diet or, you know, I'm doing the maple syrup diet. So it was just like so much dysfunctional, you know, relationships around food that it was just like my normal. And I just lived this story of when I lose 10 pounds, I can fill in the blank, like you name it, like go on a date, buy new clothes, do this, whatever. And that was just like blocking me from reaching any sort of potential that I ever had. So once I started to heal that, I started to realize like, oh my God, I have 
so much potential that I'm not allowing myself to tap into because I've been holding myself back for this like bullshit reason for pretty much like 30 some years. And that was, you know, the beginning and my, you know, one of the pillars that they teach you is, you know, grow yourself, right? So spend 10 minutes, you know, reading a book or whatever. So I started getting into that and I just, I got hooked. And then my coach took some of the like top performers of the team to Tony Robbins his UPW, I think this was like, gosh, maybe it was two years ago now. And that was like a huge defining moment for me, which I'm sure is for everyone, where I got introduced to what limiting beliefs were. And I, I didn't, I never, honestly, I'd never heard of them before. I mean, now I'm in the coaching space. So like people just like throw that word around with like, like yeah. all day, every day. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that's yeah. like part of normal conversation. But it was the first time I'd ever heard of it. And it helped me understand that this framework that I was using to define my life was all made up bullshit and it was all a choice and it was all basically like programming, like self-induced beliefs, stuff that I picked up from my family, just stuff that I'd created. And, you know, I can't afford it. You know, I, no matter how hard I want or dream about something, I can't have it anyway, because I grew up seeing that with my dad and his creative projects. So it was like, I, always had this desire for succeeding in my own business, but I had this underlying belief that no matter what I did, it would never happen based on patterns that I'd seen. And I had to face that and then unravel it and then reframe it. And I can't remember what the third one it was like, can't afford it. Um, can't afford it. Yeah. I you have, have I can't afford it. I don't have the time. And no matter how hard I dream, it won't happen anyway. Exactly. So that was like, the beginning of awareness. And then it was like getting much deeper into understanding what that was through like studying energy and manifestation and money and, you know, changing my beliefs around money, learning how to really understand what abundance really is. Um, and my relationship with myself, like, you know, like depending, I don't, you know, I don't know what the like spiritual, you know, temperature of your audience, but really going from, you know, kind of healing on this plane to healing from, you know, the, the invisible plane, uh, you know, you name it, run the gamut and through, and like, I've always been very intuitive, but through tapping into that and working with so many healers, I was really able to understand what it is that they're doing and how to language it in like concrete specific terms. And then through my, you know, art direction and photography and advertising background, how do you actually create this like high level visual architecture to your brand that presents you as professional? So people actually take you seriously because I really, you know, I, I really feel strongly about the work that, you know, spiritual entrepreneurs do because it's so powerful. And a lot of times they can live in this kind of airy fairy language, like lost in platitudes and cliches. And people don't really, they don't really understand what they're getting. And it's like, you have to work so much harder to try and explain what you're offering and like prove yourself. Whereas if you can just be clear yourself and then be clear in your offer, your messaging and your visuals, uh, you know, and then tap into whatever marketing stream you want to use, you're able to really get your message out there and really bring that transformation forth into the world. So that's really like in a sort of long, short nutshell, <laughs> the evolution that I've been <laughs> no, on. No, that is, that is great. And there's a lot that, um, that you said that really grabbed my attention as a coach and, um, the main thing that you're saying that, um, and just so you know, my audience knows very much that I believe we're spiritual beings first. Yeah. You know, we have emotions, right? <laughs> so we're spiritual first with emotions, the, the, the uh, capacity to think and the ability to think, um, we can work with our lower mind, which is like a little machine that just keeps us stuck, or we can work with our higher mind and our ability to, you know, tap into that higher wisdom that is connected to an infinite intelligence that I mm -hmm. believe is there. And it's understanding, first of all, understand that you have potential, recognize what that potential is. You know, you got to name it. Um, and then I think you need to release it in order to maximize it. And those are all the things that we have to understand. It's like, you know, if you plug a, if you plug a lamp in a very, if a room is pitch black and you put a lamp and it's plugged to the wall, and the room's pitch black and you put in a 20 watt bulb and yet you got 30 people in the room and you're asking them to have conversations around something that they're reading, it's going to be difficult because not everybody's going to be able to see clearly. So most people say, let's go get a bigger lamp. 
Well, you don't need a bigger lamp. You need right. more wattage in the bulb because the, the <laughs> same power is being supplied. And so I think what happens to us, we, you know, we're damaged goods a lot of times walking around that way and we believe it to be true. And I like how you basically are claiming the fact that you were the architect of your first model of living. You were the one that created that. You were the creator You and you were the curator of all of the ideas and thoughts that you were pulling together. It was through your curation. But your second model, which I love, you were doing it more with an awareness, more of an awareness of of your, your yourself and the health and the physical and the personal growth and changing mindset and then getting aligned with your emotions. Um, so that's kind of like, I mean, that excites me. Just so you know, I'm like, I'm just like, man, that's just incredible stuff. Um, a couple of things. How did you, and this is a big one for me because I see a lot of people, they focus so much on their emotion. And I think you do need to feel, you need to know what your feelings are saying. You need to know when you're upset, you need to understand there's a message there. Just like fear. Fear mm -hmm. ha fear has this thing it's trying to tell you, right? Now, it doesn't mean it's an appropriate fear. It could be an inappropriate fear, but it's trying to speak to you. So it's important to know that. But when it comes to emotions, and you said getting aligned emotionally, um, and, and in some of your journey and your voyage, um, and I promise we'll get into some of the extraordinary work you do too, but I just think this helps people to go, wow, this person takes, as you said, build the person to build everything else. You know, mm -hmm. it's it's easier to be one person, not Jordan, the the business owner, Jordan, the friend, Jordan, the mom, Jordan, the wife, Jordan. The, those are just hats and roles that you play. But you get to exactly. be Jordan, the person, this one person who takes in all of that alignment, that 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 who she is, the the not only just the self-confidence that that will help her self-awareness to a degree, but it's more of the self-acceptance. It's getting greater insight into who you are that does that. But a lot of people get stuck in that emotional world. And the thing that I am so curious on your take on this, because I tend to get people to understand that their emotions don't really have the ability to reason. And you're, if you're going to try to do reasoning with your emotions, it's going to be a very difficult place for you to be. That's just my viewpoint. What's your take on that? How did you not allow, when you said aligning your emotions, how did you do that not to cut off the things that you were feeling and the emotions that you have, but not let them rule and dictate direction? Uh, well, I think one persona personality trait I have is relentless persistence. So <laughs> sometimes even if I have an emotion that is contrary to what I know needs to be done, I'm just like, feel it, feel the fear, do it anyway. I mean, I like... I kind of learned how to deal with my relationship with fear. I don't know, maybe it was like 10 years ago. I did, I took a trip around the world by myself and I basically like, it was like another sort of a version one of unraveling, but it was not as deep as this experience. Right. Uh, and through that, you know, there was a bazillion things that I was afraid of. And I was like, well, I can sit here by myself in these foreign countries and be afraid and not do it. Or I can, and let the fear have the power. You know, the fear is in control and I'm not. Or I can just say, no, I'm not going to let the fear have the power. I'm going to just face my fear head on and just run right, like run right into the fire. And then it disappears. And then you have the power and you realize that fear is really just a shadow. It's just some sort of illusion that you've made up and you need to like take note of. But it's like, who do you want to have the power in your life? The fear or you? Mm. That is so rich. I love that. Um, here's, here's something else, you know, kind of along that lines, you know, cause you're getting into all the, like, as you said that, I mean, that's a process you said, you know, the 1.0, then you're where you're in this much deeper 2.0 kind of place. How do you work with and guide your inner monologue to serve the emerging future that you want the, to where you want to go to what you want your legacy to be? How do you, how do you work with that inner monologue and guide it? Or to, you know what I'm saying, to put it, put it in perspective um, for forward progress. Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, one way is, you know, I've gotten into the habit of journaling. I'd love to say every day, but it's probably like about five times a week, which I think is really good because some days it just it's not happening. Um, so that really helps. And some days, you know, I spend, I do like three pages. Some days I do a paragraph. Like I think releasing the rigidity of like quote unquote perfection with personal growth has been really powerful, especially since I'm like definitely a type A perfectionist. <laughs> so <laughs> just like, you know, letting it be and doing the best that I can, um, always plugging into some sort of 
I don't have a lot of time to read books. I do. I'm always in the middle of a book, but sometimes it takes me like three months to read or more to read one book. But (laughs) I listen to like audios all the time, podcasts. I mean, I'm just like a course junkie, Um, always, you know, tuning into that. I mean, I literally spent a year listening to Abraham Hicks every single day, like on my drive in the morning, every single day. And I really had to listen to it every single day for over a year to understand the principles. And that's how I really started to get like how important language is, what beliefs are really all about, how your energy manifests in something else. And it's really interesting because I've noticed of late that I've been having kind of like counterpoint experiences to experience the reverse of an emotion, if that makes sense. Like if somebody like flakes on a call with me and I get really upset, then I'll be put in a position where I need to do the same thing. And then I see the reverse emotional experience. And it's happened to me several times of late. And I'm just like, wow, this is so interesting to me because I feel like it's puts me in my place of like, don't judge and have compassion because you can sit on your high horse, but you could be put in that position at any point in time. So I feel like there's this overall balance and harmony within my life from an overall perspective and like energetic exchange. However, like within one experience, maybe it's like not so positive and maybe through another experience is more negative, you know, it's more positive and more negative. But overall, it's like I'm constantly experiencing the two opposites that make like an even playing field, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, it does. And, you know, I like to tell people, learn to compliment. So if, if you go into a room full of people that are irritated, and but, you know, you have to be in that room, you, you know, learn the better ways to compliment. Empathy is one of them. Um, you know, asking uh, better questions instead of why are you guys irritated? You know, that's just going to put people on the defensive. Um, it, it can put them in a, a much better you know, it's a, a must work much worse place and put you in a, in a, um, a more better, uh, not more better. It's terrible. More better, more better, <laughs> more better. Put you in a, in, in, you know, pretty much you're going to be picked off eventually. Like you're going to, you're going to become a better target for them. Um, with all these, why you guys like this? What's, you know, why, why are you acting this way and all this? It's, it's the what, not why stuff, you know, mm-hmm. getting into, so what's going on? What can we do to change this? You know, Mm -hmm. what concessions can we make? You know, but basically, you know, what can I do to show empathy? So compliment the irritation with more of recognizing there, put some validity to it, you know, validate what they're experiencing, but compliment, you know, have the compliment to it. And so to me, it sounds like empathy is one of those things that you've learned in that compassion coming into those, you know, instead of getting yourself like hanging up the phone going, wow, that was just really bad. This was all this other stuff. But if you could, if you could put this to work and implement with action, the compliment with empathy sounds, sounds like you can actually, you know, change not only the way they're feeling about what's going on, but even when you get off the call, maybe it wasn't the best call or it wasn't the best meeting, but you know that there is the, a, a higher probability of uh, successful engagement in the next, you know, encounter. Yeah, exactly. And that, you know, there's these, you know, every, like everything happens for a reason is like super cliche, but when you do kind of watch the spider web of things and observe it as time passes and you see these interconnectedness, like I'm even down to the wire of like, oh, I missed that turn. And then like, it was weird. There was like, like a week that my husband and I had to do things separately and drive, like drive separately and then come home. And we, you know, I got turned off one time driving my daughter home and we had to like pull over. I, I think she like accidentally opened the door while I was driving. And I was like, oh my God, what are you doing? I was like, pull over. Don't ever do that ever again. And she's like, what? I was like, please don't ever do that. So we got pulled over for like, you know, five minutes or whatever. And we literally ended up pulling into the house at the same time. And I was like, that's so weird because if that hadn't happened, we wouldn't have been in sync like that. So I think it's really paying attention to those clues and just watching. And I, I don't know if you've ever heard of, have you ever heard of Zero Limits? It's a book. Yes. Yeah. So I, I, I heard about the Hopa Ono prayer. I can't remember where I heard about it, but you know, I first got introduced to the notion of forgiveness. I'm like, I'm a Scorpio. And I'm like, if you wrong me, like you're dead to me, it's over. <laughs> like you've cut you out of my life. So Bye. Learning, yeah, I'm like, and the scene, you're done. Like you're booted off the Island. You're never allowed back. <laughs> yeah. So it's definitely been like a growth experience to learn what true forgiveness is for myself and for others. And when I, I listened because I don't, I can't, don't have the bandwidth to read. But when I listened to that book, it was like, 
I mean, it's super esoteric and totally mind blowing. And it's, you know, for those that haven't heard about it, I definitely recommend reading it and it may melt your brain. But it talks about this, uh, you know, doctor in Hawaii who goes in and he's, you know, he's there to help these prisoners in this, uh, you know, in this jail. And he just sits in his office and does quote unquote work. And through that process, like the patients get healed, the crime slows down, the crazy outbreaks slow down. And people are just like, what are you doing? Like, you're not actually meeting with any patients. I don't understand what's happening. How are you affecting this change? And he was like, everything that is external is some sort of like representation of something that's off within me. And when I heal myself, then the external manifestation heals itself and it goes away. So he's like, I heal myself because whatever is coming out in this like murderer or rapist or whatever is something that I'm evoking. And it's like very heady. And it's like, like sometimes I joke with my husband, I'm like, you're just a figment of my imagination. <laughs> He's like, you're crazy. I was like, well, you are. You're like, I live in the matrix and there's people probably like, this crazy. But everything is really a reflection and a mirror of our beliefs and yep. what we think. And you have the power to control that. So like in answer to your question of like, how do I kind of keep that on point? It's like one hyper level of awareness and just diving in and like facing stuff head on. Like I'm not an excuse person. I'm just like, I don't want to hear any bitching, like no bitching, like just do it. If you have, if you need a problem solve, I'm all for it. But if you're just here to complain to me, I do not have the bandwidth. Like it's all about, you know, move forward, take action. And so when you, you know, tie that all together, I feel like then you can really affect change and accepting responsibility that for whatever is going on in your life is, you're the result, whether it's the good or the bad, you did it. So if you don't like it, don't blame someone else, accept the responsibility and then go change it. And I think that's, I mean, I had a podcast interview with someone a little while ago and they're like, wow, like other people don't believe that. I'm like, really? Like, yeah. what do they do? Like, how do you get about in your life if you're just blaming people all the time? Like that seems so like energetically draining. Right. Right. And, and I think that, I mean, um, and this is something they hear from me all the time on the podcast, on the show here is, is that theories are great, but evidence is better. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. most people are running around and what they want to do is do everything in theory, you know, or they'll say, you know, in spirit, you know, and I'm like, no mm-hmm. spirit to me, it's spirit and action. Right. So you can tell me that in you know, wow, we're united in spirit. And I'm like, okay, well, we'll really find out when we get the evidence of what our actions look like, right? <laughs> exactly. you know, it's like, you exactly. know, because, because I don't want that theoretically, you know? Okay. Well, every theory needs to be proven and tested. And so when you're going to sit there, if you're going to try to build a life on theory, you're going to be a very disappointed individual. You know, you you need to get some evidence. You got to collect evidence and get proof of it because that's the only place you're going to find, you know, worth, value, self-confidence, all the different things that you're looking for. And they don't have to be big. And what I've come to find out is it's these tiny little things, right? Um, it's the little foxes. There's an old proverb that says there's little foxes that spoil the vine. It's mm. because they nibble on it because there's mm-hmm. just that little tiny skin. And as they nibble it, it kills the overall vine. So while the, while the person who's dealing, you know, the vineyard owner is trying to chase off all these big foxes, you need to start looking at the little foxes because not only are they nibbling on the vines, but eventually they're going to get bigger and they do more damage. They do other things, right? So I think it's the small things that make the biggest impact. And it doesn't, and as you said, you became a student and you started focusing, I think you said maybe 10 minutes, right? You on, mm-hmm. on just growing yourself personally. Like it's amazing what 10 can do. And 10 is one of my favorite numbers because I like to say tenths. It's the power of the 10th. So mm-hmm. like if I were to come to you and say, listen, so every day you keep, you know, uh, sorry, every day you have this 90%, but every day I'm going to give you a 10th of whatever that 90% that you have is. So the 90% stays the same, but I'll give you one tenth and I'll add to it. So if I keep adding one tenth to you every single day and that 10th keeps compounding, you will eventually pass the 90% that you started with. And most people, so it's the same thing when you go into a room and you're listening to someone, most people check out because they feel like they know 90% of what you're saying, but it's the 10% that'll change your entire life. It's the power of a 10th. So give me all day long. I tell people whether it's money, whether it's relationship, whether it's personal growth, if I can shift my decimal by a 10th every day, 
it's amazing what could happen in my life. And I'm going to end up in a much better place in the long run. Yeah. That's amazing. Have you ever read Darren Hardy's The Compound Effect? Yes. I, I've, I've, well, actually I've listened to uh, snippets of it, but I haven't like read the entire, like his book. Yes. I mean, that's where I got introduced to that notion because, you know, it's so easy, especially if you have perfectionist issues to be like, if it's not perfect, I'm not doing it. And so then it's like, you set this huge expectation that's so high and it's like, everything becomes Mount Everest. And you're like, Oh my God, I got to train for Mount Everest. I got to pack for Mount Everest. And it's just like, you're constantly sending yourself into this state of overwhelm because you have too many things. But when you focus on, you know, the smaller chunks of it and just know that you're, climbing up the peak of Mount Everest, you get there instead of focusing on this like grandiosity of it, you focus on these little wins of it. And, you know, he talks about, I, there was like, I'm not a details person. Like I'm much more like a feeling person, but he right. tells this story about like the penny that you ask people, like, would you rather have, you know, a penny that compounds or would you rather have like X amount of dollars? And like all these people are like, obviously the penny is like worthless. I'm going to get the X amount of dollars. But he illustrates that like over time, the penny turns into like, I don't know, two or $3 million based on this compound interest. And I was like, wow, that's super interesting um, because it just shows you the importance of just keeping your vision in mind. And that's like something that's what I do first with all my clients is like, I want to know your vision because I'm not going to just guide you for like your three fate idea of what you want to do because that doesn't serve anyone. I want to know where you're going because then we can really like build this foundation for this big thing that you're creating. So it gets you there. Um, and you know, just having that faith that, and sort of giving yourself the grace of like, I'm, I'm doing the best that I can today and I'm moving in that direction and removing that, idea of perfection as much as possible. And, you know, I say that as much to myself as I do to your audience. Um, but it's, you know, perfection does a disservice to everyone because at the end of the day, nobody's perfect. And if you hold yourself back waiting for the perfect time, like you're just going to be sitting right there. You better have snacks and like some good movies and stuff. Cause you're going to be there for a while. And if you do think you hit something that's perfect, you're, you're going to give yourself a false positive because you're going to think you can repeat it. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you're just going to, and that's what you're going to do. So now you're going to try to duplicate that. And unfortunately it's going to put you into a more of a fixed mindset and not a growth mindset overall. Um, you'll, you'll get stuck there because you think, well, wait a minute, it worked last time. Why is it not working now? Because mm-hmm. you can't control everything. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's the whole thing. So, you know, so here we are, we've had this great conversation about you, right? in your yeah. story. And I love this. And thank you for just the openness and sharing some of this inside stuff, because there are, there's a lot of people listening right now, lifting their hands going, Oh, I, I understand that. I feel that. I think that, you know, and wow, that's what she did. Oh, she can do that. I can do that too. I love seeing people, you know, I tell people when I go to speak, I'm like, this is a participation sport. So I'm going to ask you guys to lift your hand. Sometimes I might ask you to reach over and shake someone's hand, hug somebody or do something. All that do it appropriately or whatever, but be involved, engaged. I hate when I go into a room and say, so how many of you ever blah, 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 blah. And everybody just kind of sits there and I'm like, no, nod your head or lift your hand. Right. Because people, and then when I say, no, keep your hand up and they have their hands up and say, now everybody in the room, look around and see all the hands going up. Okay. So what that lets everybody in the room know is, okay, we all are here together. This is something we can work on. Right. So how did you take all of this growth and that you're learning and and you're moving it into, obviously you're big into how people brand. You have this art director background. You've done some extraordinary things, been involved with campaigns with like Lord of the Rings and so forth. You've worked with great people like a Ben Stiller, But now as you're moving into being, to me, you're like a coach's coach, you know, in a way that's how I view it, because that's what I like to do. I like to be a coach's Mm -hmm. coach and coach other leaders or people that need to understand that leadership is influence and you need to know how to coach. Right. So I like doing that. So how did you how did you first take this and say, now I'm going to bring this in um, and I'm going to show other people. So what was your first What was your first aha with that to say, I'm going to move out of this just for me now that I've got it and I'm going to bring this over because I'm in love with it to show other people? Uh, Well, I think it was definitely a personal growth moment. (laughs) Um, You know, I, I, it was for me that I noticed that like 
I'll just put it on on the table. I'm definitely a design snob. And like if I go to a restaurant and they have bad fonts or an ugly menu, I'm like, I can't eat here. So that's just me in a nutshell. So I have like very <laughs> high standards. And uh, I'm like, like I'll, I'm like looking for different team members. And I'm like, I'm sorry, like that's not like we got to up our game. And um, so, yeah, so that, you know, it was kind of taking that moment of reflection of like, well, instead of saying, oh, that's not good enough, like, you're not worthy of my time, maybe I should flip that and say, like, oh, I can actually help you and teach you. And, you know, again, the element of compassion and empathy, like, I could teach you and share with you and listen and pay attention and tune into where you are, kind of meet you with whatever space you're in, and then give you some guidance to go along your way. And, you know, part of like this coaching thing is learning how to ask questions. I mean, I get feedback all the time that people are like, Oh, you ask really good questions. And I'm always like, wow, awesome. I'm like, I've invested thousands of dollars. To yeah, how to I hope I, yeah. Yeah. Those questions cost a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, This is definitely a learned skill for anyone who's listening. Um, so it was definitely that, but you know, when I went to Tony Robbins a couple years ago, you know, I've always had this desire to have my own business. Like I, you know, I ventured out to become a photographer and I, I didn't really have any guidance and just kind of used my own knowledge and was stubborn and didn't want to really seek out for, I felt like asking for help was admitting failures. So I didn't want to do that. And then I kind of was brought to my knees and was like, I helped every, everything. I'll take it all. So, um, you know, it was, it was in that moment of Tony Robbins that, you know, I really had to come to, I don't know, to peace or like to, to admit to myself, like I really, I've always wanted this and I've had this limiting belief that no matter what I want to create, it will never happen. And so it was coming to awareness to that and then flipping it and knowing that, you know, I had this like little whisper that started and I was like, you, you can create your own brand. Cause I was, you know, in network marketing and I still love the company and the products. I'm so grateful for my team and all that I learned, but just that business model, and what I was actually doing was not aligned with my true purpose. And, but I didn't believe that I could create my own brand. Like I was not, that was just like, I'm the responsible one. I have like the steady job. Like I was just like, that's not like, I can't do that. that that's for other people. And so I had this whisper inside of me for, I don't know, maybe like six or eight months that just, it was like a little, like, it's like a pee under the mattress, like an irritant, like, oh, it's there. And it was like just little voice all the time. And I would just brush it aside and be like, no, and just kind of stuff it down. And it just kept getting louder and louder and louder. And I was starting getting anxiety. And I was like, oh my God, like, I can't ignore this anymore. <laughs> I have to deal with this. Right. And so I talked to my husband, I ended up connecting with my business coach. And I was like, I just, I, I really feel, I vibe with this woman. I think she's awesome. I've been watching her journey. I just, I, it's a huge leap of faith for me to take an investment um, and work with her. But I just, I don't know why, but I just have to do it. I don't know what's going to come out of it. So I did that. And then it was through working with her that I really tapped into like, what am I really good at? What do I love? Because what I do is like a combination of a lot of things. I mean, everyone's unique, but I, it, it's been hard for me to kind of define who I am and be confident in what I do. Like working with clients and seeing the results has helped me build my confidence. Cause I'm like, I'm doing branding with mindset. Like that's, I mean, that seems weird, yeah, it's right? Unique, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, it's not just it's like, branding for brand sake. You're not just saying, Hey, this is branding. This is cool. And then going, Hey, good, good luck selling things. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not making you a pretty logo. Like I know how to do all that stuff and I have a background in it, but that's not, what I was doing. And as I was growing and learning myself, I realized like I had, you know, I've had like a series of ahas, but I went to this business conference, a girlfriend invited me to, cause I was struggling in my network marketing business. And I was like, Oh, you know, it's totally my CRM. You know, it's like, I'm not sending out enough emails or not languaging my copyright or whatever. So I thought it was all these like external practical things. And when I went to like the, you got a free coach, I think, I think they gave you a free coach, like 30 minute session. So I'm talking to this guy and he's like, you got to fix these like things in your personal life because your business will never work until you do that. And I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> my, 
personal life? Like that's not connected to my business. Yeah. yeah I didn't get this for free for you to tell me that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what? I'm like, no way, homie. And it was in that moment that I was like, wow, my business is a mirror of who I am. And yep. that's why I'm so adamant about mindset. Like I spend like the first week of my group program is all mindset. And I'm planning to, I'm going to get certified as a success coach, I think in like three weeks. And then I want to sign up to do this like NLP training program that teaches you about tapping NLP hypnosis. And then you repeat the success, success coaching piece because I want to create, um, like, uh, audios and stuff for my clients and students so that I can help them work through these limiting beliefs in addition to doing the practical stuff, because I can, I mean, I know what I'm doing. Like I've been doing this for a long time. I know I'm good at what I do. I can teach you all the practical stuff and guide you. But if you don't believe that it's possible, like it's all for naught. So I, that's why I weave the two together because I believe that they're so interconnected. What kind of uphill challenge have you recently had that you'd be willing to talk about or share? Um, could be personal, professional that, um, you know, that you had to overcome. It's mm, a good question. Um, I mean, I think <laughs> hmm, that's a good question. Um, well, I think just from like a bigger picture perspective, um, my beliefs about money has been a huge focus for me and a, and a touch point um, and really overcoming that and taking ownership of what my financial landscape looks like, you know, looking at other business people and be like, wow, you know, they're making X amount of money a month. Um, you know, they're somehow special or they know something that I don't know, but realizing that it's on me to get creative and how I create the money in my business and take that ownership and that power. And instead of looking to other people to step into it and like figure it out on my own and also open up to mixing up my offer or adding an offer or taking an offer away or raising the price of an offer, adding something into it, adding more value, whatever it is, um, and then really getting congruent with what I believe the value is for what it is that I have to offer. Uh, And then also setting, like really admitting to myself what what I want to earn and what I want to do with that and what I'm going to you know, it's not like, oh, I want to earn, you know, X amount of money a month to go buy like a Ferrari and like fancy clothes. It's like, no, I want to obviously be secure in my family, but, you know, I want to be able to help other people and not have this like scarcity mindset of, I can't give you something because I don't feel taken care of. Like similar to you with the musicians, I'm not sure exactly what that looks like, but you know, I would love to be able to help my fellow artists, you know, beyond just like charities and stuff like that and figure out what does that look like? Because, you know, money can enable and disable people depending on how you treat it. Um, but you know, really healing my relationship and also understanding that, uh, I feel like your relationship with abundance chat changes, it's always changing because you could be like, you know, I have clients come to me and they're like, I want to make $10,000, but I don't like it. I'm scared. And I was like, yeah, cause you're not ready to make $10,000. That's yeah. why. What's the exchange? Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I was like, why don't you start with like a thousand or 1500 or 2000? Like what feels good to you right now? Because if you go too high, you're going to create resistance. So it's kind of learning that through myself and I'm taking, you know, Amanda Francis's money class and Catherine Zankina's rich babe. And I've taken a bunch of courses, I'm sorry, like read a bunch of books and been doing this financial challenge, uh, on and off for like, I don't know, a year now and really understanding what abundance is and being very mindful of what my thoughts are around it and what my energy is. And that that's just been, I guess, an uphill learning process of self mastery that is just an ongoing process. But I realized that that was probably the biggest block that I had in the fear in my business was like, how am I going to make this work and sustainable and like actually create a life and have this be a main source of income. Um, and that's, you know, I was like, I have to overcome this fear and do whatever work I need to do to make it like to work through it. I applaud you because you talk, you're, you're talking about something that most people, first of all, will never talk about and not even make it public. Um, and it's one of the things that when people do talk about it, it causes lots of friction and that's money. 
Yeah. <laughs> so that's awesome that you're willing to put that out there. And I, I really appreciate it. Um, hey, three things that you're optimistic about personally or professionally over the next 12 months. Um, optimistic on seeing the transformations created by my clients. I'm really excited. I have some amazing women I'm working with right now, and I'm sure more will come through. Um, I'm super excited and optimistic about this NLP program that I want to take and just how I'm going to integrate that um, into the work that I do and how I use that knowledge to like help my clients have insights and then also any sort of resources that I can make with that. Um, and then yeah, I mean, I think also excited to, I, I was telling my husband, I was like, I would love to like go to Europe for a month next year, like in the summer. I was like, can we do that? I, I don't know how and when and what that would look like, but um, let's do that. Let's make that happen. That's awesome. That's a great reward for what you're putting in in the, in the work. You know, if you're going to set goals and do things, you got to reward yourself. And sometimes it can be a little tiny prize and other times it can just be something nice like that. And Hey, you know what? I applaud you for doing that. And I hope you get it. And I believe you will get it because I feel like you are, you're putting yourself in that spot to be able to do it. So keep the conversation going with him and st start planning like you're going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? So um, what's the, what would you say are, you know, I'm going to put this in the show notes and everything as well with all your links and stuff, but for people just to come and get the most of you right away, what would you, where would you send them? Uh, well, my website is really like the hub of Jordan. So if you go to jordanduval.com, you know, you can learn about my programs. You can check out my portfolio. I've got a bunch of podcasts on there, a bunch of free resources. Um, you know, always like, um, it's like my garden. Like I'm always tending to my website and adding and <laughs> tweaking and stuff like that. Uh, and you know, my Instagram, that's really where I put a lot of my energy. I'm, you know, working on growing my Facebook, uh, but it, you know, my social, my Facebook group, my Instagram and my Facebook are all adding that your soul brand. So those are, those are the best ways to get in touch with me. Don't, don't DM me. Cause I will never respond. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I'm so overwhelmed by that. <laughs> if you want to get in touch with me, join my Facebook group and tag me and I will respond or go to my website and send me an email and then I will it will catch my attention. I just see a DM and I'm like, Oh my God, what, yeah, I what do I do? Who is I this? I can't organize these. Oh my <laughs> yeah. God. There's like, all I can do is start them. I need to put them in folders and color code them. Like, ah, just shutting down. Can't deal. <laughs> You're a zero inbox person, aren't you? <laughs> uh, that's my best self. I'm not there yet. You've been fun. This has been great. And I hope you've enjoyed this. Oh, it's been super fun. Best, best lunchtime ever. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Well, for those of you listening, you know this has been another episode of Uphill Conversations. Um, you know that your current condition doesn't match your emerging future. Anything worth having is uphill, but you can't go uphill with downhill habits. Always remember you can be more, do more, and have more, but your reasons for being, doing, and having are for you to figure out and no one else. But most importantly, you will see me and Jordan on the hill. You've been listening to Uphill Conversations. If you'd like to hear more, subscribe to the show at uphillconversations.co. See you on the hill.